Welcome, welcome, welcome to Hoops Zooted. I'm your host, Evan Moore. And uh, I'm here on New Year's Eve. Uh, clean my bong this week, at least. Um, yeah, I'm smoking some Studio 54. Uh, as you can tell, I'm a little unenthused tonight because yeah just watch the lakers just get their asses whipped by the pelicans in embarrassing fashion ah so anyway ah happy new year everybody happy fucking new year <laughs> ah shit let me just before I get started here and start talking about this stuff, I need to take a few hits. So, little musical interlude, and I'll be right back. start up again okay anyway a little better now but anyway you know since the last time i talked to you there have been um you know five games and we've gone two and three since the last time i've talked to you you know we had a really nice win over the thunder and it kind of gave us some False hope and optimism, you know, 129 to 20. Um, they looked really good um, that whole game and, you know, probably one of the better games they've played all season. Um, you know, that that was a nice way to, to kick off the week. But then Christmas rolled around. Christmas and the dreaded Celtics. <laughs> and... The unthinkable happened. They kicked our ass. Now, you know, I have to say, you know, I, I expected to kind of get our ass kicked worse. Like, I, I was kind of happy with the fact that the Lakers battled and we're still in that game because I feel like the Celtics are the best team in basketball right now. And so, like... It, it sucks losing to the Celtics, but I, I felt kind of not as bad going away from that game. That, you know, it was 
it sucked, especially to lose on Christmas to the Celtics. But, you know, I, I felt like there was kind of a tiny sliver of hope, you know, just because I thought we at least competed in that game. And, you know, we just played good against the Thunder as well. So, yeah, it was uh, it was unfortunate. But, like, at the time, like, you know, it didn't, didn't sting as bad. It stings a little worse right now, I have to say, though. Uh, you know, because follow, we follow that up. We had a win over the Hornets, a nice dominating win, 133 to 112. But, you know, that's a, you know, that's a game we should have won. You know, that's, you know, they went out and did their job and, you know, good. That's great. Um, you know, it was nice to get that win, but yeah, nothing, nothing like impressive, nothing that's, you know, going to give you confidence with this team moving forward um you know but then we we went to the timberwolves after that and played them really really good really close and came up short at the end on what was really a terrible call um you know lebron hit a last second three-pointer that should have tied the game and should have sent it to overtime but his toe was apparently just like right on the line. And like we've seen the video over and over. Like the only argument you only argument only argument you can make, excuse me for reading tongue title out of there for a second. But the only argument you can make is that as he tips his toe down, it might have like grazed the line. And that's I mean, like come on are we, are we talking that like the the three-point line is now like a you know like the goal line like it just extends all the way up i mean this is like it's such freaking dog shit such a terrible call and you know i i feel like the nba has got a referee problem they have really got a referee problem like, and it's not just because of this game. It's not just because of the Lakers. Like, I watch a lot of NBA games, and the officiating is terrible, and it's extra terrible this year. And especially in these close games, it really, it's really hard not to feel like there's some shady stuff going on. And, you know, maybe some, you know, fixed games, maybe some point shaving again and some gambling. You know, Tim Donaghy kind of stuff, you know, because that's certainly what it feels like, you know, with that Laker game. And there's been a number of other games this year I've watched that were close. And yeah, if somebody had money on it, you know, they could have cleaned up nicely. It's, yeah, it's just a little bit suspicious. And, you know, I, I feel like the NBA has really got to do something about this. Like, you know, I, I understand officials aren't perfect, but like there just needs to be some sort of better governing of these end of game calls because it just seems like the Wild West and it just seems like they can kind of get away with whatever. And, you know, a lot of missed calls, a lot of phantom calls, you know, it's it's terrible. Like, you know, the game tonight as well. Yeah. And, 
moving on to the disappointing game tonight that like the real capper on the end of the year the end of the year 23 the year of jordan you know thankfully we're about to move into the year of kobe hopefully things will be a little better uh you know but the pelicans just kicked our ass tonight wire to wire and beat us 129 to 109 um just yeah this is a team that we just a few weeks ago beat by 44 points in the in-season tournament and we came out we looked like we didn't care we looked like you know we were more interested in heading off to new year's eve on bourbon street than we were about playing this game and you know i get it new orleans fun town <laughs> can have a great time there you know it's not bad imagine especially on new year's eve but you got a game to play first guys i guess you forgot about that you know so now we're heading into 24 the year of kobe at 17 and 17 500 <sighs> I don't know about the rest of you, but that kind of hurts. That just is really, really disappointing, you know, because not only, you know, last time since we spoke, not only were we two and three, but we're three and eight since the in-season tournament. Three and fucking eight. Now, you know, I understand, like, you know, this argument of, you know, the hangover, in-season tournament hangover, whatever, but, like, what the fuck happened to this team? Like, and what the fuck happened to our continuity? Like, this is so frustrating to me because we saw this team last year really, you know, get things rolling and make a great playoff run and you know had the best record and i think the second best record in the nba after the all-star break and you know the number one defense after the all-star break as well so like they, they gave us all this reason for hope and then they go around and they make some pretty good moves in the offseason at least what felt like pretty good moves but you know obviously some of them got some issues with with fit possibly um, you know, so there's obviously a lot of issues with this team, but like the frustrating thing is like this core, it feels like just was not allowed to kind of create any continuity or keep any continuity going. And I partly blame Darwin, you know, because he is the one who wanted to, you know, implement this five out offense. Um, you know, but I also blame the players, like, because, you know, it shouldn't be this huge of a freaking switch, especially at this point in the season. You know, going from the four-one to the five-out, like, yes, there's a lot of different things, and you, you you guys need to communicate better. And like, you know, watching this game tonight, you know, this is the 34th game of the season we played here, and their communication is terrible, like, both defensively and offensively, and it's it's. It's frustrating. It's absolutely frustrating. Like, I don't understand what the hell is going on. Um, 
you know, I feel like there's so much blame to kind of point around to everybody. Like the only player on this team that I have not gotten mad at all year is AD. He's the only one. Like everybody else on this team, there's there's been at least one or two moments where I'm just like, what the hell are you doing? And yes, even LeBron, yes, LeBron, the greatest, the, you know, everybody's goat. Like, you know, he's had some, he's had some really frustrating points of this season. And, you know, I don't want to hear all these excuses about, oh, yes, he's 39. This is season 21, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like he's still a max player. He's still getting played, paid as a max player. I'm sure he still holds himself to the standard of a max player. And I'm sure that, you know, those mistakes don't sit too well with him either. So I don't want to hear a bunch of whining about how we shouldn't be holding him, you know, accountable for messing up a little bit because he, you know, he has, but he has been phenomenal as well. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to completely like sit, sit up here like I'm bashing Braun, but like, but there are moments this year where you're just like, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> and AD is the only guy in this team where I've not been, you know, like mad at him and just being like, what the hell are you doing? And like, he has been busting his ass playing hurt, just doing so much for this team. And I feel like we're wasting it. You know, we finally get a healthy AD. Everybody's been bitching for years about AD's always getting hurt. AD is always getting hurt. We finally get a healthy AD who's playing through, you know, many small injuries at this point and doing great. And the rest of the team can't get their shit together. And I mean, it's, it's a team issue at this point because LeBron and AD, you know, for the most part, have played really good. You know, Reeves has given an okay, you know, shot at being the number three guy, but he's been inconsistent at times. And then everybody else is just all over the fucking board. Um, and, you know, I, I blame Ham for a lot of it, but I also blame the players for a lot of this. I mean, these are, these are grown men that have play, been playing this game for a long time. And it's not like this game is super complicated, you know, I do understand that there's probably a lot of like new assignments, you know, and new roles to figure out with this new offense. But God damn it, like why this shit didn't get figured out in the offseason is just baffling. It is absolutely baffling that we're here at this point, 34 games in the season. And <laughs> you just feel like this team doesn't know who they are. Like that. Like, I look at this team, and I see when when they excel, I feel like their their calling card is defense and points in the paint. And you know they're never going to be like a great shooting team. They're never going to be a great offensive team. You know they just don't have the personnel for that. You know, so I think a lot of people have this expectation of you know, great offensive team, but this team is never going to be that great offensive team. Now, 
it could potentially. Now I, I, I have to put emphasis on the word potentially, because this is, this is a big, you know, they're, they've shown flashes of it, but they, they haven't shown that they can really put it together. So yeah, I want to be very clear about this. It's, they have the ability to potentially be an elite defensive team, but they don't seem to want it every night. You know, and AD is the only one that seems to want it every night. You know, it's it's really, really frustrating. And I'd imagine if I'm if I were AD, I would be pretty ticked off at my teammates, especially after tonight's game. Like he was he was really doing everything on defense, and everybody else was just kind of running around just getting cardio. It was it was pretty disgusting tonight. Um anyway. Excuse me for a second. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> so it's just super frustrating that, you know, how we lost this continuity, you know, that we were supposed to get with a full off season. Like, you know, because... Previous years, I've been, you know, talking all this stuff about, you know, oh, we've changed all these faces, you know, tough to, you know, incorporate new faces and get all this and, you know, but just so frustrating, so frustrating. And at this point, like, I just feel like if, if they don't want it, like, you know, they're, they're not going to get it. Like the West is too tough, you know? You, you can't take this, you can't take the regular season, you know, for granted. And I feel like that's what we've done since the in-season tournament is we took most of the month of December for granted. And I understand, like, you know, we've had a, a tough schedule, you know, like arguably one of the toughest schedules. I understand that, but it shouldn't be this bad. We we shouldn't have gone three and eight. Um just extremely disappointing um you know and that that brings me to my next point and that's you know the 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 elephant in the room is ham you know everybody on the timeline is freaking out wants him gone and you know i'm i'm not going to absolve him at all like i said he he deserves plenty of blame in a lot of this um you know i still blame the players mostly because they're the ones out on the court that have to execute you know, I'm always going to be one who blames the players more because I feel like they carry more of the burden, you know, and it's and it's obvious, especially at this level, the difference between somebody who, you know, goes out there and gives their all and just, you know, doesn't have it against a better team and a team that just doesn't seem to give a shit a lot of time. And that's what this team is. This team is just i've said it before like they're, they're like a spoiled teenager you know they just they they can't 
buckle down and apply themselves all the time. And it's really, really frustrating because you know it's in them. You've seen it in them, God damn it. But they just don't want to do it all the time. So, you know, Ham, I think we're stuck with him, unfortunately. Um, you know, he's got a four-year contract. So it's only going to be two years at the end of the season. So if we fired him at the end of the season, we still have to pay off, you know, the, the remaining two years on his contract. And as well as pay a new coach. And I don't think this organization wants to do that. I think this organization, that's that's like, you know, last resort. But, you know, the reports that have come out this this past week, you know, that have leaked out from the organization, it make it really seem like he is definitely kind of on the hot seat. And, you know, he's, yeah, if they're, if they're not, you know, thinking about it, like they, they may, yeah, they may be already planning it. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to happen until probably after the end of the season, unfortunately. I think it's going to, you know, like it's going to take us tanking into, into January, making this worse into January before they fucking fire him. And hopefully, let's, oh, please, none of us as Laker fans want that. None of us want that. I mean, we all want Ham to, su to succeed. You know, as frustrating as is and as much as people talk on the timeline about how they want him gone, I mean, at, at the end of the day, we all just want him to succeed. We want this team to su succeed. So, yeah, I get it. It's frustrating, but, like, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be... I don't think he's going to be fired midseason. Um, and I think for it to happen, things are going to have to get bad. And I mean, like worse than they are now. And I don't know if, I don't know if we want to endure that. Like, I think we've been through enough crap in the past, past two, three seasons. So it's, it's rough, man. You know, anyway, Moving on, um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the starting lineup that everyone hates because it's not so great defensively when you have Vando and Cam in there. Um, you know, AD likes this lineup. And, you know, I'm personally kind of with him. Like, I do understand that this, this lineup does have its flaws in the half-court offense. But it is by far the best best um, lineup we can put together defensively, by far. And it has worked in spurts. Now, I do understand that, like, there's a huge argument about whether or not it's going to work in the playoffs. That... Like, yeah, I do not deny. Like, you know, when it slows down, you have to do a lot of half court. If Vando and, and Cam aren't hitting those threes, that half court offense is cooked. You know, but when they are playing good defense, 
and they can get multiple stops and you can get multiple fast breaks, those become more valuable than threes. So there is, you know, more, more than one way to skin a cat, you know, and that defense is really important. And that defense is really the calling card of this team. So, you know, I think, I think that lineup, you know, although not, not pretty, it does lean into the strengths of this team. And I think a lot of Laker fans, we're going to have to kind of get used to that with this team. Like if, if we want to win, we're going to have to win a lot of, a lot of ugly games and a lot of defensive games. And, you know, this team is just not an elite offensive team. And it's, you know, I don't, trying to make it one is probably like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. So I think we just, we got to face the facts on that. And, you know, as frustrating as that lineup is, you know, there's, there is some good to it. So it's, you know, everything's a trade-off here with this team. You know, it's, it's really, it's, it's really in a, you know, frustrating point right now. So anyway, I'm going to take a small little break here, play a little music here and take a couple more hits here. But, you know, yeah, things, things kind of suck right now. You know, 17 and 17 sucks ass going into 24. I, I did not want this to happen at all. Anyway. Be back in a minute. Anyway, now this takes me on to my next topic. Um, do I still believe in th this team after having such high expectations to start the season? <sighs> Where do I begin? Um, let's see. Let, let's start with the math, I guess. Um, you know, I, I picked this team to win 62 games this season. So now, I guess at 17 and 17, that means that for the remainder of the season, they can only lose three more games. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm cooked on that prediction for sure. Well, you know. But that's, you know, that's part of why we do that. And 
you know, I, I'm kicking myself over a lot of that prediction. I bought into a lot of the hype over the offseason. I felt, like I said, I mean, the run that they made last year after the All-Star break, I think is what gave me this false confidence. Is I felt like that, coupled with the full offseason to build some continuity, was going to be really solid, you know, and it was going to be, I didn't think, yeah, but obviously, obviously I, I, I took it too far. Like, because even before the off season, I remember saying, or actually I should say during the off season, I was saying, you know, whoever wins the West this next season is probably only going to win you know, by winning by 52 games. So I even went against my own prediction by, you know, of that, of pick, picking the Lakers to win 62. So obviously I was drinking the Kool-Aid and drinking it pretty damned heavy. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here to eat the crow for that for sure. Um, you know, Hey, you know, it happens, you know, but like, you can't tell me like with the healthy LeBron and AD and continuity that theoretically this, this shouldn't be better. Like, you know, just, just move seven of those games over and we're 24 and 10 and looking sweet. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, you know, but that's also, you know, the margin of victory is that close here in this, in this league and you know maybe my prediction of you know whoever wins the west is only going to win about 52 games that's that's probably pretty closer probably going to be a lot closer than you know my lakers winning 62 games for sure so so anyway you know i'm I'm here to eat a little bit of crow and tell you i was drinking all the kool-aid a little bit too much and you know I feel like I should have seen the writing on the wall a little bit, but at the same time, I feel like I was duped a little bit. And, you know, I think, it's frustrating because I've seen this team be better. You know, I know they can be better. I've, I've watched them be better but yet they still come out here every few games and just play like they really don't care. Now, you know, I do have to say this, this past week, these past five games, you know, the only game that, that really frustrated me was tonight's game that, that, you know, that's the one that really is stuck in my craw because that, that they really did not feel like they cared tonight at all and you know I, i'm i guess i'm having a hard time letting that go but but yeah you know like because when i think about it you know they, they were making improvements here and like you know i even after the timberwolves loss like that was that was heartbreaking you know especially you know losing on on a such a bad call from the refs and at least not getting that chance at overtime like that sucked but like i didn't feel that terrible after that game because i i felt like they competed and 
felt like they were starting to kind of get their identity defensively, you know, because th- there were some great defensive sequences in that game last week. Just fun to watch. And, you know, for somebody who likes defense like me, you know, I, I it's just, yeah. As you see, I'm, I'm kind of struggling for, for words here today because I just had such high hopes for this team. I really did. And, and I still see it. I, I think there's still plenty of talent in this team, but there's obviously some sort of chemistry issue, something I can't quite put my finger on exactly. You know, I think there's enough blame to go around for everybody. Um, but there's just, like I said, there, I, I can't quite figure out, you know, like it'd be nice if we could have just one, one thing to blame, but there's like, there's multiple, multiple things to blame. And it seems like every time they, they patch a hole, fix something else, you know, it's leaking in a new place. And yeah. So like, if I, if I'm being honest, I don't know if I still believe in this team and the high expectations I have. Like I, I've, I've really lowered those expectations. I feel like, you know, we are probably a six to eight seed, and you know that's that's what we're looking at, um, and that's really unfortunate. I don't. I don't know if we're going to be able to make a run like we did last season, you know, even if we get the six seed. Um, Winning in the NBA is really, really hard. And I don't think people understand that, like, what they did last year, you know, as the seven seed, you know, sure, we did get swept by Denver. But to make it to the Western Conference Finals as the seven seed, I believe it's only happened once or twice before that in the entire history of the NBA. Um, so it's it ain't an easy thing to do, you know, to win those games on the road. Um, it's yeah, we and having that disadvantage. Yeah, it's it's not it's not ideal, and it's not like when you're especially when your star is 39 years old, even though I do feel like, I do feel like this has really become AD's team. I feel like LeBron is passing the torch and I feel like AD is taking it and running with it this year. Um, you know, now a lot of people may argue with me on that and I'd be happy to argue with you on that. I, I, you know, with the eye test, I, I feel I've seen good evidence that this is AD's team now. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm happy with that. I'm, I, I'm happy for, you know, looking forward to the future with him and not because, you know, I want to get rid of, rid of LeBron. I love LeBron. I would love, I want to get another chip with LeBron. I want to get another couple chips with LeBron, in fact. But I also have to be realistic about this. You know, he's 39 years old. You know, there are 
a lot of time, a lot of times, especially this time of season where he just wants to take some plays off and kind of play lackadaisical and, you know, his, his passing has been pretty lazy this year in a lot of respects. And, you know, he's still been an incredible scorer, still just amazing what he's doing at 39. I'm not going to deny any of that. But we have to be realistic, folks. Like, what he's trying to do, there's a reason it has never been done. You know, like, winning in this game is really, really hard. This is a young man's game. You know, the amount of running, the amount of wear and tear on your body, like it favors the younger bodies. It just does. It always will. And, you know, we just have to face the facts of that. And, you know, I, I'm going to absolutely root for, you know, LeBron to defy father time and continue to defy father time for as long as he can. It's fun as hell to watch. And that is one thing, you know, I do have to say, you know, I do take a lot of solace in, you know, as frustrating as it is to be 17 and 17. I'm super grateful to both LeBron and AD for both coming to this franchise and reviving us and winning in 2020. Um, you know, that, that chip, especially like, means a lot to me and I think to a lot of Lakers fans um, because, you know, you guys really did win that not only for us, but for Kobe. And so that, that one's, that one's always going to be special and LeBron and AD are always going to be special and watching them is always going to be fun. And, so as frustrating as this is to be 17 and 17, I do still enjoy every time, you know, I turn on the TV for a game, getting to watch both of them still play and seeing what LeBron is doing in year 21. It's, you know, it's, it's a nice solace to take at least. And yeah, you know, I'm going to have to take a lot of shit on the timeline, you know, with my, you know, my prediction, it's going to be, it's probably going to be a rough spring. You know, my, my futures bet in Vegas that was hopefully going to pay for summer league, you know, probably isn't going to cash, you know, but we move, man. I've been a Lakers fan for over 40 years and I love this team. I love this franchise. Um, you know, I, I, I still think this is the greatest franchise in all the sports and it's it's the the sports team that i'm the most obsessed with and yeah so i'm here for life no matter what as frustrated as frustrated as i may get i ain't giving this shit up you know the lakers lakers have given me a lot of joy and you know like i said you know i want Another one with LeBron and AD. In fact, I want at least like two more, please. It'd be great. But let's, you know, if we don't get it, you know, I, I can also live with that because 
it's been great to have them on this team. And, you know, I, I just want to thank both of them, you know, because I, I appreciate what they've done for this team. And especially when in that one, for Kobe, you know, wearing his jersey tonight because, of course, a few hours away from, you know, the year of Kobe here. So, anyway, I'm going to get all emotional if I keep talking about Kobe. Anyway, Happy New Year, everybody. I, I love you all. But I guess to, to sum that up, my expectations are tempered. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway let's let's move on to um a more positive thing a glorious glorious thing happened today that just has just filled my heart with so much joy you know as as some of you know um you know i'm a ravens fan you know this, this is my first year being a Ravens fan. You know, I want to I want to say thank you to all the Ravens fans for kind of you know accepting me. Like I I, I don't I don't claim to you know any legacy or anything like this. I, I'm purely a bandwagon jumper this year, and I, I I appreciate you for letting me jump on this this bandwagon. It's been one hell of a fun fucking ride, and Lamar Jackson is the motherfucking truth. <laughs> motherfucking truth like what he did today was epic and beautiful and one of the reasons i love sports and watch sports he was called out kind of this past week you know when people were talking about mvps and um a certain female reporter from Fox. I'm not going to name her name because she's she's made herself famous already. Everybody knows <laughs> this point. So no reason to make her any more famous than she already is for saying such a silly thing. But she, in her argument against Lamar, she basically said that he wasn't quarterbacky enough he wasn't quarterbacky enough. Like, whatever the... Like, to me, that tells me you were not... You you don't watch Lamar. This... This notion that people have of him just being a running quarterback is absolute fucking bullshit. You know, I have been watching him since he was a rookie because... I think he is one of the funnest guys to watch, the most dynamic players to ever play the NFL. And, you know, he's he's a big reason that I chose the Ravens after quitting the Cowboys last year. The guy's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. And he's not just a runner. He's an incredible passer, too. And for a few years, you know, he's been kind of struggling to kind of find a balance between being that great runner and still understanding when when to pass and also not forcing passes 
and he has had a phenomenal, phenomenal season. And so anyway, he gets called called out and told that he's not quarterbacky enough. And so what does he do on Sunday? He throws five touchdowns. 18 of 21 for 321 yards and a perfect fucking passer rating. A perfect fucking passer rating. Is that quarterbacky enough for you? Is that? Is that? Are you listening? I'm sure she's she probably shut her Twitter down now. You know, if you're going to talk about this stuff, make sure you're you're at least watching the games and you've got you've got some better defense than he's not quarterbacky enough. You know, Lamar takes enough bullshit from from people as it is. From a lot of people who don't watch his games. And I am so here for him showing everybody up for talking shit. Like freaking beautiful day today so lamar shout out man you were amazing today like mvp mvp and you look like a man who is determined and ready and hungry to win that super bowl and Man, again, Ravens, thank you for letting me on this ride. This is this has been fun this year, and I hope I hope we can take it all the way to the Super Bowl, man. And you know, regardless, another thing, like you know, like appreciate greatness. Watching Lamar, like, I mean, what a goddamn season! What a goddamn season! What a what a game! And like, what a moment, man! Like, I'll, I'll be talking shit about this for years, man. Is that quarterbacky enough for you? <laughs> Like, come on, great fucking moment. This is why we watch sports, people. This is exactly why we watch sports. Like, come on, we love these fucking moments, man. This is the good shit. This is the good shit. You know, and he's now tied for the most games with a perfect passer rating in NFL history with some pretty lofty company. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner, and Ben Roethlisberger. All of them have three perfect passer rating games each. And Lamar Jackson also has three perfect passer rating games. What the fuck you got to say about that? All you motherfuckers that have been talking this shit about him for his entire career. You need to shut the fuck up now. He has shown you that he is a goddamn quarterback. Show him some goddamn respect. Anyway. Love you, Lamar. It's fucking beautiful today. It's fucking beautiful.
<laughs> anyway, before I move on to the last one, let me let me take a little break and take a couple hits. Anyway, so in conclusion, Lakers are a fucking mess and LeBron and AD are still fucking amazing. Lamar Jackson is the motherfucking truth. So I guess that means only one thing. time for historical stoner circle so anyway since it's just me you know i'm just gonna throw out three guys that i would love to get high with and so the three guys that i would love to get high with on today's episode are james worthy willie nelson and barack obama and actually, I'd love to do it all all together. That would be great. I, I could have some great conversations with all three of them. So anyway, <laughs> we can all dream, can't we? So anyway, in conclusion of this week, you know, Lakers fans, I just like to say, um, hang in there. It's a long season. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that to, you know, like bullshit you or, you know, make you say, think that, oh, they're going to turn around. They're going to be amazing. We're still winning the chip. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying hang in there because things can change and things can change quickly. Um, 
you know, we, we could fire Darwin tomorrow. Um, we could, you know, actually make a trade tomorrow, you know, so there, there is, there is some hope on the horizon. Um, the season isn't completely shot, but you know, we obviously need to kind of recalibrate. Um, and, you know, hope for the best in the meantime, you know, because like I said, I don't think, I don't think Darwin's going anywhere anytime soon. So we are kind of stuck with him. Um, unfortunately, you know, no matter what we think about that, you know, we're, we're going to have to deal with the here and now. And the here and now is we've got Darwin and we've got a bunch of guys on this team that just still don't seem to know their roles and don't seem to give a shit some nights. So that's where we are. But, you know, we're 17 and 17. The West is still tight. All hope is not completely lost. But this is a goddamn frustrating way to end the year. Let's let's not deny that. Um, yeah, this kind of sucks. So let's let's hope that, you know, little 24 is gonna be a little bit better for all of us. So anyway, um, as always, it has been just great, great talking to everybody again. Um, and peace out and stay zooted. history of mankind, men have been called out and written up millions of times over, but only one man 
was written up for, and I quote, making barnyard noises and wouldn't stop. Rest in power, my friend. Washiko.